Hello, my friend. Welcome to Something for Everybody, the podcast to help those who listen feel more loved and connected through story sharing. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, and my mission is to help you realize your potential and capabilities through conversations and deep insights so you can make your prior best your new baseline. Today's episode is a solo episode where I cover how how to really check in on our friends, on our people, on our partners, on our loved ones, and how important fostering a relationship with self and with other people is for our lives. In other news, this podcast is brought to you by Amare. Amare is the mental wellness company, and I use their products every single day. So click the link in the show notes and see which products might work best for you, and use the code everybody at checkout for $10 off your entire order. Now, on to episode 166 of Something for Everybody. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Something for Everybody. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, and today's episode is all about how we really check in on our people. This is very important and it's something we see a lot on social media. Check in, check in, check in as it relates to our mental health and the mental health of our loved ones, our friends, and the people around us. And now this is very important when it comes to creating a society that is proactive with our mental health, creating a society and a culture that is conducive to strong mental wellness. I think that's very important. And checking in is a part of that sort of nucleus, sort of part of that core tenets of creating a strong, um, mentally well, mentally fit, mentally strong society. Checking in is a part of that. But most people, I believe, are sort of unaware, nervous, scared, uh, or don't really know what to say when it comes to checking in on our people. Uh, a text, a phone call, an email, a DM, a voice note, these things go a long way. But what to say or how to say it or what questions to ask are potentially going to elicit um, the best, most honest, most vulnerable answers. And that's what we need. If I just ask someone, how was their day? You know, a lot of people can get by with answering, it was fine, it was okay. And sometimes that's an appropriate and true answer. But sometimes we know that there's a little more behind that first layer that we can get to. Now, if we ask appropriate questions or if we've created a sort of honest relationship with that person where they feel open enough to actually open up, then that's where the the good stuff happens. That's where we can grow, we can evolve, we connect, we can connect deeper, and we can have all these really beautiful relationships. And so being able to check in is huge. And it really starts with fostering um, relationships. One, you're fostering a relationship with yourself. That's number one. You first have to foster a relationship with yourself. Because if you have no relationship with yourself, 
it's going to be very hard to build honest and true relationships with other people because if you haven't fostered a relationship with yourself, you don't know what you want, what you need, what you stand for, what your values are, what your mission is, what your purpose is, what people you want to be around, what interests you, um, all of that stuff. If you haven't cultivated that in yourself, it doesn't have to be completely dialed in all the time, but you have to be heading in that direction so you can express what interests you so that the people you talk to can also know what you're interested in so you're actually connecting with the right people. You're not connecting with people based on a performative nature that you're trying to fit in. And if you actually haven't done the work, the real internal work to figure out who you are, what you like, what you care about, what you dislike, um, what resonates with you, what your values are, what you stand for, you know, what's the hill that you're willing to die on. Because if you have a values conflict in a relationship, that's one of the triggers of burnout. Your relationship, you could get burned out from it because there's a values conflict, because you don't have the same core tenets of what you believe in. Um, and that that most people think about burnout in the workplace, but obviously there's burnout in relationships too. And so you're understanding the root cause of some of those things. And that becomes, uh, that starts with, excuse me, is fostering a relationship with oneself. You have to foster a relationship with oneself. Again, as you grow and mature and experience different things, you're going to evolve and transform and you're going to not believe in certain things you believe in. Uh, and you're going to evolve some of your um, some of your habits or you're going to change some of your habits or you're going to think differently than you previous did or believe in something previously different than you um, than you previously did. Excuse me. But in that span of life, in the in the time frame that you're at, know yourself for that time frame. And that as you evolve and grow and spiral up and become this different or potentially better version of yourself, then you get more concrete as you grow because you've already done the initial work, right? You know what that feels like to go through the inner work of getting to know thyself, what you stand for, what your values are, your personal philosophy, right? If you're able to say no then you really know what you stand for. And then when the yes comes or the thing you do want to do, it excites you. It's easy to say yes. It's easy to give your energy to it. And you have to be very clear on those things. And so then when you foster a relationship, you're actually cultivating a relationship with people who know the real you. They're not getting to know a performative view of you. They're not getting to know a false person so that you have to perform every time you're with this group of people just so they like you. You've become you. You are working hard to foster a self-relationship, to foster a conducive, productive, loving, um, healthy relationship with yourself so that you can go out and do that in the world. And now again, you don't have to be perfect at this, right? We're never gonna be perfect. We're not perfect people. No one's ever been perfect and you're not going to be the perfect person. Sorry to tell you. But if we're working towards it, if we're on the trajectory towards this healthy relationship with self, then we meet people who can help us on that journey because they we are all on the journey together. They know that they're on their relationship or they're on their journey to be their best selves. You're on it and then you sort of meet, not at the bottom because you have to do a little bit of work. You have to staircase your way up just a little bit and then you meet at this point and you're like, oh, we can help each other. This is where we can foster a beautiful relationship. We can connect. We can share ideas. We can explore things. We can be curious together and we can create deeper connections. I can share some insecurities and some vulnerabilities with you and you the, uh, the other way around and then we can work on them together. Maybe I'm uh, uh, insecure about going into new environments or public speaking or things of that nature and I can help you with those things and you can help me with my things and that's how you foster a relationship with self and then start to cultivate and foster relationships with other people 
um, because we know how important uh, relationships are. We know how important relationships are. You have to do your part, right, to form healthy relationships. Healthy relationships takes work, takes action, takes effort, takes negotiation, takes cooperation, takes all of these things, the same things that it takes for us to build a healthy relationship within ourselves, we have to negotiate with ourselves. We have to cooperate with ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves. We have to give ourselves grace and kindness and compassion. But sometimes we also have to be firm with ourselves. Sometimes we have to make ourselves to do things that we don't want to do. And that's how you play your part. You become an active participant in your own life. And so you know these core tenets and how to do it. So then you can go and be an active participant in someone else's life, given their consent and that you've created a mutual relationship, um, a mutual bond that's built on respect, love, empathy, kindness, um, negotiation, things of that nature. And um, there's a few tips for how to have a healthier relationship, right? Says Dr. Jennifer Gatchell, an assistant professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. She says, be an empathetic empathetic listener, excuse me, be an empathetic listener, right? Practice paying close attention when someone is speaking to you and take the time to understand what the person is saying. This can often be done by reflecting back some of their statements to them to reinforce that you've gotten the point and that they're being heard. This is the beautiful, this is the beautiful thing about having a podcast where you have guests on. I have to be a good listener because I have to hear what the person is saying and then have to reinforce what they say and then try to have a response or an adequate response or an adequate question that is based off of what they said, not what I was thinking about, what they wanted them to say, and then convoluted it and then spit some things out. I have to really listen and pay attention, reinforce those things, and then say them back to the person. And so you can do that. We must do that to build real relationships. You must be an empathetic listener. You have to be a good listener is like underneath that and then have some empathy as well to build those relationships that are built on trust and compassion and care and reciprocity and things of that nature, right? And step, uh, tip number two, she says, is share the spotlight. When someone is talking to you about a problem, keep the focus on them. Avoid turning it into a discussion about an issue that you might be facing, right? We don't want to, when someone shares a problem with us or something that they're going through or they were, were brave enough to be vulnerable with something they're happening and they immediately say, I've been dealing with this and then we turn it on to ourselves. Well, I, I went through this and this is, no, you want to be able to hear out the whole thing. Let them talk. They really want to talk. If they're starting to share, listen and listen and listen and listen and listen and keep listening and they will figure out their own problem because people are smart enough and know what they need. They just need to let it out. They need to be able to talk about it. They need to be able to express it. And so you have to give them enough time and space to be able to share their real feelings before making the conversation about them. Now, if you've done that for a long time, you've you've validated them, you've appreciated them, you've listened to them, and they're sort of stuck in like what to do next, then at that point, after a lengthy conversation of you actually listening before you made it about you, then you can share some examples potentially of what you've experienced and how you overcame it and how it might help them and you can help them do the same thing by working on the same thing that you did. That's potentially a space where you could share your own story, but not at the beginning, not overtaking the conversation and making it about you. You want to share the spotlight, make it about them, let them share, let them be vulnerable and listen. And listen, that's how you build healthy relationships. Stay calm. 
If you can keep calm during the discussions to ensure that they're constructive rather than destructive, if you aren't able to stay calm in the moment, step back and ask to revisit the conversation later when you're in a better place. This is good, solid advice. Remember the acronym HALT. <laughs> when you're upset, first ask yourself if you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. If so, HALT in order to first address those needs, then revisit the problem. If you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you are not gonna be able to have the best conversation you could have if you first addressed those needs, then got back to the actual conversation. So think about that stuff when you might be feeling agitated or things are annoying you more quickly than they would have before. Think if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. If so, halt, pause, address those needs, let the person know, be honest, and then come back to that conversation. <clears throat> Uh, another really important tip, really important, especially for nowadays, is to interact in person. Sometimes a stressful relationship can be made worse by social media. People may have more aggressive confrontations online than they do in person. I would say in general, limit social media exposure, exposure says Dr. Gatchel. Reducing time online encourages direct communication either in person, by phone, or on video, which can often be far less contentious than words spoken from behind a keyboard, such as in a text message or comment section. And then the last tip she makes is... Uh, <clears throat> emphasize the positive. Research increasingly supports associations between intentional practices of gratitude and positive mental health, which can extend to improve relationships, says Dr. Gatchel. Such practices can include getting into the habit of writing down two or three specific things that you're grateful for each day. These things can include anything, including a positive interaction with a friend or partner, if so, don't be shy about sharing it or making a point of expressing this to the person. Appreciate the person. If that is something that you are grateful for, write it down and share it with them. Expressing gratitude and receiving gratitude is the way to boost your overall life, happiness, and satisfaction. It's been well-documented and well-researched. And now, if we are determined to make change for the better, if you are determined that a relationship is... Uh, well, detrimental, um, or maybe you need to establish some boundaries, or maybe you need to make some changes, right? There's a few things you can do, right? One of them would be um, to establish boundaries. Um, one of them would be to prioritize your own well-being, uh, protect your own health, achieve some distance, and open lines of communication. Um, if This is if you determine that a relationship is detrimental. That doesn't mean you necessarily have to cut ties with the person. You just will need to be able to make some changes. If you it, Only if you've determined that this relationship is detrimental. And, and making changes for the better would include establishing boundaries, prioritizing your own well-being, again, protecting your health, opening the lines of communication, and things like that. Um, ultimately, these strategies can help put many relationships in a better, a better place and protect you from health-harming strain. So there's just a few things, a very, very, very small brief sort of things on relationships and fostering healthy relationships. Number one, right, would be to try and foster this healthy relationship with self. That's hard. It's a lifelong journey. It's never going to end because we have ups and downs and peaks and valleys and we spiral up and our relationship with self will be different based on uh, where we are at in our life and circumstances and environments and our other relationships with other people. But we always want to try and prioritize that, right? So that the reason we do that is so that we can show up for 
show up the most for the people in our life, right? First, we have to show up for ourselves. We have to be loyal to ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves only so that we can extend that love and care and energy and appreciation out to others. It's not to solely be a selfish individual. It's so that I can fill my cup so that I can give value and love and care and emotion and strength to the people in my life that need it the most so I can foster these beautiful relationships. If I haven't taken care of myself, I don't have the energy to do anything, especially have intense conversations or cultivate deep connections or share things or listen intently. If I don't have the energy to do so, none of those things are possible. So I first have to work on my energy, my relationship with self, who I want to be, how I want to be, what values I hold on to, what's important to me, and then get concrete on that, write those things down, do the inner work to become that, and then go out and try and foster these healthy relationships. But you can sort of do these at the same time, but you have to be above sort of base level um, with your relationship with self. And then fostering beautiful relationships. Because we know from that Harvard study, again, right, the good life is the number one predictor of the good life is long-lasting, healthy, strong, beautiful, impactful, uh, reciprocal relationships. That's life. Life is about relationships. It's about connections. And we have to go out there and we have to make those beautiful connections and relationships. That's life. We want to experience this beautiful life with the ones we love to mo- with with the ones we love the most. We want to experience this magical journey of life with the ones we love the most because nobody does anything great alone and you are great and you are capable of great things. So find your people, find your tribe, tell them how much you love them, tell them how much they mean to you, show them appreciation every single day, show yourself appreciation every single day and you'll live the good life and you'll be able to overcome the obstacles and adversities that come inevitably come your way. And so that's really important. And so next thing we talk about, right? That's important, right? Fostering those beautiful relationships. Then it's like, how do we check in? How do we check in? Now we've, we've built sort of these relationships. We know that we have these relationships in our lives. And so potentially here are four signs, four quick signs that you might need to check in on a friend or a loved one. Number one would be they're disappearing. So some people, when they're going through a hard time, instead of reaching out, they self-isolate, right? That's why it's important for us to notice these signs and not let our friends or our people or our loved ones draw back and retreat into the darkness. We want to get them into the light as soon as we can or show them the light as soon as we can, right? We can't do anything for anyone, but we can be that support. We can link arms. We can sit in the dark with them to show them that the light is possible, to move them towards that. And so if we are fostering these beautiful, long-lasting, fantastic relationships, we have sort of a sense that someone might be drawing back or someone might be pulling back or self-isolating. And so we can see that and we know that that's the time that we might need to check in. And if we've built a good relationship with them, we know what words might draw them out or a phone call or a voice message or a funny meme or something that will draw them to get a conversation going to try to figure out what might be the root cause of why they want to self-isolate or what's causing them this distress, right? If you haven't heard from the person in a while, right, that could be a sign, right? So this this one small sign is sort of disappearing, self-isolating, retreating type behavior, 
And then another behavior is, or another sign would be the self-destructive behaviors, right? You notice they're drinking a lot more than usual or eating really late at night. Um, They might bring up jokingly, just jokingly, like, oh, I went through an incredible amount of ice cream at midnight. And if that's not normal behavior for them, then that's something you have to notice and maybe take account of or maybe keep a tally of how many times they say that or on the first time be like, "Mm," you know, try to ask a question that's kind and graceful um, to just maybe draw out more information about why they were doing that. Did they have trouble sleeping? Are they thinking about something a lot? Were they just hungry because they didn't eat a lot throughout the day? Were they just having an ice cream craving? Like there could be many reasons why this is happening, but potentially it could be something that's a sign that something deeper is happening. And if we're If you remember from tips for fostering healthy relationships, number one is listening. So if we're actually listening to someone, then we can hear that sort of pass away, throw away comment that normally we wouldn't because we weren't paying attention. We weren't actually listening to what the person was saying. So we missed that they have eaten a whole carton of ice cream three nights in a row at midnight. And we're like, oh, well, and then two weeks later, they've retreated, they're disappearing. And we're like, we're wondering why. Well, the sign was two weeks ago when they talked about the ice cream, but we weren't really listening. We were distracted. We were on our phone. We were thinking about something else. We weren't in the present moment. We weren't where our feet were. And we have to be where our feet are. We have to think about what's important now to sort of win that conversation. Uh, Next one might be irritability. Irritability. You notice that their responses to minor inconveniences are more intense than it typically has been throughout the course of your friendship or relationship. Um, this too might indicate that they aren't doing too well, right? So just they're more irritable than usual. As human beings, we get irritable, right? Because think about halt again, hungry, angry, uh, lonely, tired. Those things make us irritable. So maybe they're feeling more lonely, right? Maybe they're feeling more tired because they haven't slept in a while because their brain has been really active about this thing they have going on at work or uh, they have a car, they're having car troubles and they're not sure how they're going to make their payment or their grandma is sick. So they're feeling more tired because they haven't slept or they're feeling lonely because their partner or long-term relationship broke up with them and they're just feeling like they're never going to find someone this late in life. And all of these things that potentially someone might be going through in this, in this really wild but beautiful ride of life, they might get more irritable. And that's something we can just notice as a friend or as a partner or potentially as a colleague who sees someone every single day. Normally, you walk into the office and this person's kind and nice and you have good chats at the coffee thing. I don't know. I've never been in an office, but I assume there's just like a place where people get coffee. I imagine I'm very excited to, to for people to just chat around the coffee but you notice this person is kind of snippy to you. They're like trying to get you to move faster so they can get their coffee. And that's just not normally like them. And so instead of you getting angry at them, one of the tips, right? Staying calm. Like, okay, what might be happening? Maybe you don't address it right there. Maybe it ha- maybe you're just having an off day, right? Maybe again, it happens tomorrow or the next day or a couple of days after. It just seems more irritable. And you're thinking, this is not like this person. We've been working together for three or four years and you know, we've never hung out outside of the office, but every time I see him in the office or we get coffee or we talk about sports together, it's like, oh, these are good conversations. But now he just feels a little more irritable, like these things are bothering him a little bit more. I wonder what's going on. This is where maybe you can ask potential questions or see if he wants to grab a a bite for lunch and just get his mind off stuff. Like there's more things that we can do right here in this moment to check in rather than just doing the normal thing we always do, which is make social media posts about how we should check in on our friends. You don't have to make posts about anything. 
You don't have to make posts about anything. Social media is a performative nature. It's a megaphone for the whole world. If you're actually doing these things in real life, you don't have to tell anyone about it. If you're checking in on your people, if you're being proactive with your mental health, if you're fostering beautiful relationships, if you're fostering a beautiful relationship with self, yes, that's awesome. That's all that needs to happen is the action in real life. It doesn't matter what you post on social if you're not actually doing it day to day. If you post after someone dies by suicide or there's a tragedy or something happens and you're like, check in, check in, take care of your loved ones, say I love you, and then you go out in your real life and you're fucking mean to everyone that you talk to, you're mean to the waitress, you're mean to the grocery store clerk, you don't check in on your friends, that's horse shit. That's horse shit. Stop that. If this resonates with you deeply, then you're doing that. And I want you to stop that because you can change that behavior. You can flip the switch. You can change it. Yes, you can say it on social media so that more people can see that they need to check in on our loved ones or that life is precious and fragile and we need to take care of each other and ourselves. And then you're, and then yes, but more importantly, you have to go and be that action in real life. You have to be about it. You have to live by the things that you're talking about or else you don't deserve to talk about them. So you have to create action. It's about real life things. It's about real life interactions, how you treat people in the day to day, how you treat people that can never do anything for you, just kind because you wanna be kind, because you've chosen that that's the person you wanna be. And we can all make that choice. Yes, we all have bad days. Yes, we all get annoyed. Yes, we all get irritable. That is all very true. But the majority of the time we are choosing, we are choosing to be kind, to show up compassionately, really compassionately, not with like this moral posturing or unearned moral virtue of compassion. We're like really choosing to love each other, choosing to love each other. What does love actually mean? I think it means to um, truly believe that everyone can flourish. Like that's just like this big version of love, to want the best for someone else, right? To embody that best version of you. Um, there was a different definition of love I had in a, in a bunch of episodes ago from Dr. Jordan Peterson, but in this moment I forgot about it because I didn't know I was going to talk about this. This is what happens when you have an episode planned, but you sort of just go off the cuff. Um, that's why I love these solo episodes the best. I just don't really know what I'm going to say, <laughs> and so it's pretty cool, but like that's a that's a very large point like cuz we have all these things that happen on social media or in real life and then we post about them on social media thinking that we've earned the right to call ourselves a good person or we've earned the right to present these very moral virtues when we aren't living them in our real life so they're, again they're unearned moral virtues so earn them earn the right to call yourself a good person Earn the right to be a morally, ethically kind, virtuous person. Earn that right. Be about it every single day. Build an undeniable stack of proof that you are that person. And then when you talk about it on social or you go on a podcast or you have lunch with a friend, it feels real and authentic to talk about it and you're not having to perform because you're trying. You're trying to be about it in your everyday life. Again, not perfect. Never going to be perfect. Impossible. But you aim to try to be this person who can claim these moral virtues in a way that's not unearned, that's actually earned. And that's what's important. Uh, tip number four, self-defeating talk. Like this one is really important and we have to pay attention to it, right? They might say things like, oh, why would you anyone hire me or no one wants to date me because I'm the worst. These kinds of statements that are overgeneralizing their own unworthiness, right? This is evidence that they need some support, right? Everyone is worthy. Everyone is worthy. Everyone has worth. Everyone has value. Everyone is loved. 
right? And sometimes we go through these things and these points in our life, these very dark moments where we can't see that in ourselves. And I'm the, like, I can't force someone to see their worthiness. I can only do so much, but I can be that light. I can be that support system. I can be that helping hand to, to, to guide them to eventually do the work on themselves to see their worthiness, to see their innate beauty, to see their innate worthiness, that they are worthy no matter what happens, that their productivity, what they produce for the world doesn't decrease or increase their value. They're already immensely valuable. That's their birthright is to be worthy and to be enough. And so having someone check in on you or care about you enough or notice these little things about you that changed is everything because people are like, oh, you you actually did notice me and you actually do care about me, not just, you know, and, and the way you've built a relationship up with someone is the way you talk to them, is the way you send that message, whatever relationship you have. You know, sometimes, yeah, you send, just checking in, want to see how things are. You might not get the most honest response. If you have that relationship with someone, they might. But we want to be a little more unique and a little more nuanced with our question that makes it feel more personal to this person we're trying to check in on. So we can actually get an honest answer and we can actually get to the root of what's happening to them so we can try and best support them in whatever they're feeling or needing. And so five tips, right? Five tips for checking in on a friend, loved one, partner, uh, whatever the case may be. Drink of water. Tip number one, check in on yourself. Before reaching out, honestly assess how much energy you have to devote to someone else's problems. If I'm feeling pretty nourished and I had a pretty good week and not much going on, I can sit I can go sit with them at dinner, right? That's just what the the psychologist who wrote these tips is talking about. It's also okay if that's not the case. You've had a rough few days and you're worried about your job or relationship. You might not have the capacity to help someone else, right? And so you, you that's why step number one was fostering a relationship with self. If you've done the work to be proactive with your mental health, if you have a set of protocols that you follow every single day, you eat well, you move well, you think well, and you sleep well, then our energy is dialed in on a day-to-day basis. Again, some things happen, unpredictable events, unpredictable moments, uh, hard moments, challenging things, adversity, struggles, obstacles come, and sometimes we gotta deal with those just head on right away, boom, boom, boom. But if we're just thinking about our day-to-day, right, we're trying to stick to our protocols so we can be the most energized possible every single day so we can go and live out our best day every day as much as we can, right? Think well, eat well, move well, sleep well. And so then you're checking in on yourself. You're fostering a good relationship with self through your daily protocols and habits and so that you have the space, energy, and capacity to check in on your friends, especially when you feel like they need it the most, when they've showed some of those signs that they might need extra support or they're feeling a little down or they're feeling a little lonely or they're feeling like they're just not worthy or not enough or they've gone through a certain heartbreak or a challenging time at work or whatever it is, right? You see it, you feel it, okay, I have enough space, I have enough energy, I have enough capacity in myself to go and reach out to this person to try and support them the best I can through their moments. And that creates honest, more honest connection because you're honestly reaching out, they're trying to honestly answer to you and it bridges the gap, it creates deeper connection. And so now you have an honest relationship where you can share things about you and that person might just reach out um, when they're feeling down even if without you asking because now you've built the relationship so now it's a two-way street and now you're fostering a relationship with self and with another person and that's the most beautiful thing we can have in this world is honest reciprocal cooperative loving relationships number two is ask specific questions 
right? This is very important. Once you're in a good place to help others, decide on an approach. Asking what's up or how are you will elicit a, you know, scripted sort of basic response that we all just sort of regurgitate when we hear those questions. Unless you're on this podcast and I ask you, how are you really, right? We get, we get into those questions um, with every guest here and that's a very important question to ask. So if, if you're really asking and you're giving the space and time to answer that, uh, to ask that question and get an answer back, that's very important. But if we want to elicit sort of different responses, you can try some of these uh, more unique questions, right? What has your week been like? How are you managing everything that's on your plate? What's the good news of the week and the bad news of the week, right? You you can just, um, you can call back to a detail they told you about it, right? For example, if your friend shared with you that they slept 14 hours on Saturday, you can use that as a way into the conversation. Just like I said, right? You're listening, you're building rapport, you're having these conversations with people and then you feel like, okay, it's time to check in and you're using that information to know that you were listening before and you wanna listen now to create that dialogue to see if they're willing to share what might be bothering them and how can you support them and them taking action towards figuring out what they might need. Uh, yeah, so that's that. Number three, <clears throat> consider how much time you have. As in the case with all touchy subjects, how you say it is just as important as what you're saying. When asking how someone is, slow down. This signals you want a real response, not just, oh, I'm fine. What I was just talking about. That's why I try to create the space and the openness on this podcast to ask that question, to see if I can elicit a real response. Now, it's maybe it's a bit different on a podcast because it's on a public platform and um, strangers are going to listen, uh, but... I think that's the coolest thing to to show that vulnerability, to share that vulnerability, because we know that vulnerability is just courage and truth, and it's the combination of the two, and and that's what happens when we when we aim to answer that question of how are you, honestly, it shows you care about the answer and aren't just asking so you can follow up with a favor or news about you, right? Make sure you have time for this real response. This is not a quick question. This is a conversation. Listen to that. This is not a quick question. This is a conversation. When you're really asking, now you, potentially you're going to ask some of those more unique questions, right? But if you're going to ask this question, how are you, with sincerity and honesty and give time and space for the person to answer, that's not a question. That's a conversation starter. And that's really what we're trying to build. Number four is striking the right tone. There's a lot of shame that comes with needing emotional support. There still is, not as much as before, um, but people sometimes just assume that they should be strong all the time and they should never feel any bad emotions and everything should just be perfect. That's just not how life works. And it's never how life is going to work. Life is hard. There's ups and downs. There's peaks and valleys. There's death. There's heartbreak. There's rejection. There's failure. There's love. There's joy. There's fulfillment. There's purpose, right? All of these sort of seemingly contradicting emotions, but you're not going to be able to really feel joy unless you've felt sort of despair, um, and that's why there's the yin and yang of life, right? That's why there's the, um, the black and white of life and, and sort of we live in this like gray area of trying to have nuance between two, understanding that I can feel two emotions at one time. I can have mutually existing emotions um, that when I do feel these hard emotions of despair and guilt and shame and rejection, that I'm not pushing them away. I'm, I'm, I'm accepting them because they're real emotions that a human being feels. I'm accepting them. But then... I'm not letting them become me. I'm just saying that's a feeling that I'm experiencing and then I'm accepting it and let it flow through me or creating some sort of action pattern that I have based on 
my protocols. When I feel this emotion, I do this. When I feel this emotion, I do this. So that I can work through these emotions um, much more healthy than I would have just trying to avoid, suppress, and move on, and then letting it sort of overtake me and make me sick internally, physically, mentally, emotionally. So, So when you are suffering... Or sorry, when you are offering help, be sure to create an environment of acceptance, full compassion, no judgment, right? This is just validate, appreciate, validate and appreciate, validate and appreciate. That's all you're doing. You're trying to validate the person's feelings and experiences. This does not mean you are affirming or saying anything like that. You're just saying that these are real feelings and I I see you in those real feelings. Like I hear you. Yes, this is real. This is hard. This is tough. I'm sorry you're going through that. That's just validation. That's all it is. People want to know that they're not a psychopath for feeling this feeling, and they're not. They're just a human being experiencing a human emotion, and sometimes we need to be validated in that so we know that we're not the only one on earth who's ever felt this way. And so we're getting validated in that with 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 full compassion, with no judgment, thinking yes. And then you're appreciating that person for sharing that with you because we all know how hard it is. We all know how hard it is, is to be vulnerable. And so you're, you're expressing appreciation for that person who shared a courageous truth. You're saying, thank you. Like, I'm gonna hold this very special gift you gave me and I'm gonna hold it with my heart. Thank you for being courageous and truthful. Thank you for showing the way, for leading the way, for me to do the same, for us to build this beautiful relationship. And thank you for trusting me. And now I wanna help. That's why I asked this conversation. That's why I elicited this conversation because I wanted to check in and I care about you and I wanna help you. I mean, that's where this whole conversation can go. And then again, you're building this relationship that's, that's unequivocal, that's unbelievable, that's the magic of life. It's like having these relationships that, that you know that you can go to this person no matter what. And it starts with building in and having these open, honest conversations of dialogue about uh, things that are happening in our life, real things, real things that are happening in our life. So, yeah, you're, I mean, yeah. So number five is is following up. Even with you striking the right tone and pace, a friend might not divulge. They might not, right? They must, might not feel ready for that, but you know that you attempted that, so they know that you're there for them when you need them, right? But you do want to follow up. And while you don't want to pry, it's okay to push them just a little bit, right? I wouldn't drop it at the first I'm fine. I would ask one additional question, and then if you are insisting everything is okay, Then you can wrap it up by saying, well, if there's anything you want to talk about, you know I'm here. This plants a seed that if they decide they want to talk later, they know that that you would be receptive and many times they will. They just want to know that someone cares. They just want to know that someone cares. So there's just a few things that you can think about when one, trying to foster a relationship with self, trying to foster beautiful relationships with others, and then once you're uh, aiming to try and foster those relationships with others, you're then um, using some of these signs to know when to check in on your loved ones. And again, not just posting it on social media, but being about it in your real life, really checking in on your people. That means, again, being an active participant in your own life, being loyal to yourself first, earning trust within yourself first, and then deciding to be an active participant in in your people's lives, being a good listener, showing up for them, caring for them, 
being honest with them, leading yourself first. You can help lead in that relationship in a way that shows them who you are as a person because you've done that inner work. And so they can start bringing out their best selves. And now you have this this beautiful, majestic, reciprocal, cooperative, loving, caring, accountability-filled, responsibility-filled relationship. And again, this, the relationship with self, it starts because you're taking responsibility and ownership and accountability for you, for your actions, your behaviors, your thoughts, your movements, the way you show up in the world, and then bringing that responsibility and ownership and accountability to the relationship with whoever it is partner, friend, colleague, and leading by example with responsibility, accountability, and ownership over us, and then leading in that way in our relationship, and then checking in in thoughtful, honest, kind uh, ways, not just, uh, you all right? Like that could work potentially based on the relationship you have with the person, but we want to have sort of these more thought-provoking, open-ended sort of questions that give the person a chance to answer rather than just saying, I'm fine, right? Because then we can follow up. We have to strike the right tone. We have to stay calm. We have to understand our relationship with them and we have to really care and follow up and want to be there and have the energy and the space to do so. So that's why fostering relationship with self is first and then you go about checking in on your people as often, as regularly as possible. You know, uh, sometimes it's a text message, sometimes it's a voice call, sometimes it's an email, sometimes it's a voice note, sometimes it's a FaceTime, whatever it is, right? That's what life is about, trying to foster and cultivate these beautiful, long-term, powerful, uh, loving relationships. And so, yeah, that's what I have. Um, And I'll just end with these. I think they're cool. So just 15 15 unique ways you can check in um, on your friends without just saying, how are you? Unless, right, again, my podcast, this podcast is centered around the question, how are you? So if you're creating an openness and a space and an energy and a conversation around that question, really trying to get the person to answer honestly, that's awesome. But here's 15 different unique ways you can check in on your friends without saying that question. One, is there anything you want to talk about from your day? Two, what made you smile today? Three, what did you do to take care of yourself today? Four, what is something interesting that happened today? Five, have there been any changes in how you're feeling? What has improved for you today was six. Seven, what are you most excited for this week? Eight, if you could do any part of today over again, what would it be? Nine, how can I make your day easier right now? 10, what do you wish you did more of today? 11, what would you like to be different tomorrow? 12, what have you been listening to, watching, reading lately? 13, what has been hardest for you this week? 14, what did you feel appreciated, understood, and when did you feel appreciated, understood, and loved today? And 15, what did you wish you did a little less of today, right? Those are 15 great questions. And as I've stated basically for the last 40 minutes, it's about fostering a relationship with self. So those are 15 questions that you can 
answer honestly to yourself, right? You should have a journal where you reflect and write gratitude and practice your optimism and write affirmations and plans and goals and just things that pop into your head because writing is a forcing function. It allows to get the things in your brain, in your mind, onto a piece of paper and we can see them more real and more logically and it allows our feelings to get out um, where no one is judging us for those feelings. So everyone should have a journal where they write in. Um, But these are just reflection questions, simple yet powerful reflection questions to ask yourself maybe once, you know, one a day or a couple a day or at the end of the week, like just thinking about how your week went. What do I need more of? What do I need less of? What went well? What can I improve on? Um, Where do I want to be better at? What are the two things I did great? Um, What relationships gave me energy this week? What sort of drained me? What can I do differently? Right? You're asking these reflection questions to become an active participant in your own life. So you can become then, so then you can architect and create the life that you want based on the answers to your questions. And then you're using the same questions that you personally use to reflect on your own life with the people in your life so that they can reflect and answer and you can help them and guide them and support them into having this sort of very honest relationship with you and with themselves so that Maybe when they're feeling this way again, they're like, oh, I can ask myself these reflection questions. I can journal it out. And then if I need Jim, I'll ask Jim. But I got this now. Now I'm self-reliant. Now I'm self-regulating. And now the relationship I have with you is even stronger because I know that now we're stronger apart and we're stronger together based on because we're both taking accountability, responsibility, and ownership for our own lives, for our own mental health. We're being active participants in our own lives and taking responsibility for our lives and how we show up in the world. But then we're also doing it together as a pair, as a unit, as a friendship, as a partnership, as whatever it is. So think about those 15 questions. Start journaling them out. Reflect on your life and then using that, those sorts of same type of really good questions with specific and unique answers, depending on the person, how you can actually check in on your people, like really check in, not just talking about it, not just posting about it, but being about it. So we become a society, so we become a society that is proactive with our mental health, that cares about our mental health and that is that is built on cultivating strong, powerful, loving, and caring relationships. Thank you for your time and attention. Uh, If you have any feedback for me, please let me know in the comments or an email or in DMs. I really appreciate it, and I'll see you next time. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to that episode. What idea stood out to you the most? What was your biggest takeaway from that episode that you know, you know you will implement that into your life and take action on it immediately? And if you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend because the podcast grows from people like you sharing it with people like you. And don't forget to leave us a rating or a review on Spotify, Apple, or even Good Pods. But Most importantly, the absolute best way to support this podcast is through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Aaron Mashbitz directly supports me, this podcast, and my mental health nonprofit, You Are Loved. So click the link in the show notes and check out which tier might work best for you. But most importantly, most importantly, above all else, please, please take good care of yourselves and others. And I'll see you next time. Lots of love. Cheers.